It is the Chicago vs. United audio podcast cover story series, featuring interviews with the premier talent in the Chicago music community who are making the lead stories this month at ChicagoVersUnited.com. My name is Haima Black. This week, an interview with Evan Weiss of Intuit Over It, recorded on-site at the Beat Kitchen before the artist set this past weekend. Here's how that sounds. Haima Black here with Evan Weiss of Intuit Over It. How are you doing, sir? Pretty good. Yeah, Awesome. We are a few hours out from your event tonight at Beat Kitchen. You're opening for Owen, and you just got back in Chicago, correct? Yeah, I got back on Monday. I was gone since August 20th, and I finally am back home now for like two weeks before I go out again. When you're away from home for that long, what do you do when you get back to town? Relax, watch Netflix, listen to records, clean my room, and hang out with my friends. I just try to like cram as much quality friend hangs in as possible that I can get. <laughs> cram all the normalcy in you know, that you can. What's wild is that a ton of our friends' bands are all playing in Chicago in the next two weeks, so I get to see so many friends in the next two weeks just like cruising around the city. You're playing tonight in support of Proper, which is your new album, which congrats on that, first Thank of all. You. I'm a big fan of that. So. Awesome. Yeah, thanks a lot. You know, looking at the site, I was looking at your website today, and it seems like the critical response to the record has been really positive and very strong. Like, what kind of response have you seen to the album? Well, I mean, it definitely shows that the album is the most focused stuff I've ever done, so I think people really appreciate that it's actually like a solid, cohesive record instead of just a collection of things, which is what 52 Weeks and 12 Towns were, so I think people just really appreciate an actual work from start to finish that, you know, has a beginning and an end and is very clear and concise, and plus I feel like they're just the best songs that I've written so far, so overall, I just, like, you can tell even in a live show like when I play proper songs versus older songs, like the reaction of the proper songs is just so much better and like, you know, it's just been a really pleasing pleasing reaction considering how much time we had to work on it, which wasn't a whole lot, so some Something you brought up that was very much on my list of things to hit with you was the fact that your previous efforts, like, you know, as Into It Over It, have been kind of thematic, series-driven, you know, releases, where it's like, these are you know, a series of songs recorded like once every week, or these are songs all tied to a town. You know, the title proper, is that as simple as it seems, just the fact that this is kind of, in comparison, a proper record? Or... That's exactly where the name is from. Yeah, yeah. like, when because everything is named very literally, like 52 Weeks was 52 Weeks, and sure. 12 Towns was 12 Towns, and the Koji Split was I-I-O-I-K-O-J-I, and um, so we name everything very, very appropriately. I've never named a record that wasn't just, like, exactly what it was. Yeah. So when it came time to do the new record, I'd known months before we'd even started writing that it was going to be called Proper, because it was the first proper full and you know and I'd imagine when if I do it the next one it'll be called two or something you know like just something like that sophomore effort yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah something like that so I don't have time or the patience to come up with names and things and I'd rather just keep it the way it is like what it is and be honest about it because that's what everything else about Intuit Over It is just really honest. So You've been on the road for a couple months now, pretty steadily it seems. Like, What was that experience like? Especially because it seems like at least some of that was before the record was out. So what kind of response were you getting out there? Um, well, once the record came out, like we were in Koji and I were in the UK before it came out. And then I came home and I actually had the record to sell. So since the record's been out, it's been really, really great. I mean, it was really, really great before. And I've basically been on tour since February 2009. Like, It's been completely nonstop. You know, essentially it's my only source of any sort of money making like I don't have a job or anything I'm essentially homeless and so it's like that's what I do to keep busy you know is to go on the road so but yeah I mean I think the overall reactions have gotten have gotten way better the crowds are getting bigger like the shows have gotten gotten cooler and people know what to expect now when they come to see me instead of like showing up and be like who's this dude ever got you know what I mean like they're coming actually to see me and they know that it's just going to be a dude with a guitar and you know they're not surprised or taken aback by that like they used to be, you know, maybe a year and a half ago. So I'm definitely seeing signs of change, which is nice. I think I saw on maybe your Facebook, or, you know, like the Intuit over at Facebook, um, or maybe the Twitter, something about putting together a live band soon, or maybe that being like in the works. Is that something 
you're looking towards, or yeah, I mean, I have a I have a couple tours this year where it'd be more smart for me to tour with a band, and so I've been trying to find musicians who are willing to do it and who have the chops to do it and the availability to do it, and, and it looks like it's finally coming together. So you know, it's definitely something I want to work toward. It's not something like people I know were worried like if I started touring with a band, I would never tour alone again, and vice versa. You know, and it's like that's not the case like what's cool about Into It Over It is I could tour alone or I could tour with a band and it wouldn't be weird it would still be the same thing and just you know with a different vibe to it so yeah doing a band is something I've always wanted to do I mean I've gone four years without having one so it would be nice to actually get to play a couple shows with one or do a small tour with one or you know yeah, yeah it's definitely something I want to do in making this record versus you know something like 52 Weeks or any of your other albums or releases was the songwriting or recording process any different in kind of crafting a, you know, quote-unquote proper record? Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely different. With 52 Weeks, we had six days to write it, three hours to record it, an hour to mix it. With 12 Towns, I would kind of write a couple songs for every seven inch and record like one or two at a time, two or three at a time, and then like come in a month later with two or three more, you know, so this was the first time that I was actually recording a block, writing and recording a block of songs, you know, 12 songs to all be on one release and like thinking about each song and how do they sound fluid or if does it sound too estranged or anything, so there was a lot of thought that went into that and then the recording process was just 15 days straight of constant work which I'd never done you know like the most was when we did the Koji split we booked seven days and Koji and I recorded it together in the same studio so it'd be five hours for me and then five hours for him every day and we would just switch off you know and which was really relaxing, but when it's just you in a studio for that long, like I was doing 15, 10-hour days straight, and it was I was wiped out by the time it was over. Like I'd, I'd never done anything that demanding mentally or physically, and you know when I left, I felt like I'd given birth. <laughs> it's fucking wild. <laughs> Listening to the record, um, what I took from it, it was very much like a kind of late '90s, almost emo feel, but emo back when that word meant something very different it was kind of an underground thing like late 90s braid get up kids kind of thing um was that period any kind of influence on you in this that's the influence for me like that's i mean you hit the nail on the head like that's basically what the style of music i've been writing since i was 15 years old and um like my old band the progress did it up up down down my other old band did it like it's just the way I've been, I've been writing the same song since I was like 15 years old and so with the new record I really just wanted to take that and feel like I'd refined a style and figured out where my songwriting was at and really like nail it and um you know while I think I did a pretty good job for myself like I'm really proud of it so but that's yeah absolutely when people ask what my influences are that's what my influences are it's what I grew up listening to like my favorite band is Sunny Day Real Estate you know it's very that is the time period that I'm a part of and that's what I love so I mean literally like when I first listened to the record um, the very first time it brought me back to being like 15 at the metro seeing those kind of bands like instantly you know and the songwriting on the on the album is, it's very much it's very earnest and honest and kind of like direct which I, it seems like especially in like genres like pop punk whatever you want to call it it seems like that's really fallen out of favor versus very glossy ironic like electronic elements so like yeah. What was the motivation in kind of kind of putting out this record that doesn't sound like all the other records that if this was a record store, your records would be alongside at the time, you know what I mean? I mean, when when we were talking about making it, we Nick, who did play drums on the record, and I discussed how we wanted the tones to be very natural, we wanted it to sound like it was just a band playing in a room, and, um, you know, when we went in, like, Ed, Ed Rose is, like, the perfect guy to make that record with because he hates using computers. He hates making things sound glossy. He just wants it to sound like a rock record, which is exactly what we wanted to make. So he was the perfect dude to do it with. And we came in with tones that he loved. Like, we showed up and we were like, this is how we think the guitar should sound. And he was like, oh, that sounds great. You know, and it was 
a really good working relationship just because we were both on the same page with everything. But I can't stand records that sound like they were made on a computer. It sounds fucking awful. And that's not to say that I don't appreciate like the simplicity and the and the like what digi- the digital age has to offer. But I think when when your record starts to sound like it's artificial, I think is when things can become a problem. It makes it sound like there can't actually be a band playing it instead of there actually being a band playing it, which is way cooler to me. You know, that that is something I see a lot where you hear the band. They've got a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of electronics on the record, a lot of like sampling, a lot of those things. And then you see them live, and I'm not putting bands down who do that. Like There's different approaches, but you see it live, and it sounds drastically different from the recorded version yeah, because it it's not... Yeah. yeah, I just wanted it to sound like a band. Like that's I like seeing <laughs> real bands play. I, like, I want it to feel authentic. I want it to be honest. I want it to be a real thing, you know, and I don't want it to sound like, you know, the drums are a computer. You know, that sucks. Like, that doesn't sound good to me. Like, so, I don't know. <laughs> what a novel concept. Like, <laughs> it, it's crazy that all this sounds so, it, it's just not what's happening right now, yeah. but it is the kind of stuff I love, too. We're kind of winding down, looking towards the end of 2011. The record is out now, and it seems like it's gaining momentum. Like, are you already looking at plans for 2012 for Into It Over It yet? I am booked through June. So, oh um, there, there are tours already set up that we're ready to announce, I think, in the next, like, two or three months or two or three months, two or three weeks, we'll be announcing all the new tours and they're all awesome. It's going to be a really, really cool year. And, um, you know, I'm looking to basically be out until the fall. Hopefully do. Hopefully, it won't be too long before I start writing again because that's my favorite thing to do, but obviously. But yeah, that's it's definitely going to be a pretty crazy year. I don't, I'm not, I don't plan on taking too much time off. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that's something you're really programmed for, man. And, uh, <laughs> you know, really big fan of the record. Like I said, it really does bring me back to those kind of albums that I grew up on the, that are very honest and upfront and mature. And, and I love that man so really like great job on this thank you thank you so much it means the world to me absolutely i'm looking forward to you know two sophomore effort whatever it is it's <laughs> yeah, actually a good idea i hadn't thought about what i would call it sophomore effort's actually a really good name this has been the Chicago First United audio podcast cover story series. Thanks to Evan Weiss from Intuit Over It for being on the show this week. Check out his band's new album, Proper, out now. You can find past episodes of the Chicago First United audio podcast at chicagoverseunited.com, including interviews with The Fold, Mark Rose, The Audition, and many, many more. You can follow the Dynasty Podcast Network through all social and digital media channels at the ministry of the, dynasty.com. the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend.